Happy Wednesday and welcome to Court Offside, the NRL podcast. We do it every week straight into Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Huge show today, a lot to get through, breaking down around one and what will probably be forever known as the worst week for any NRL tipper. I'm sitting bottom of my office competition. Time to introduce my two co-hosts and first up, he's only doing this podcast because his dream of becoming the first ever male cheerleader in the NRL fell through. Scott Parko Parkinson, welcome to the show, mate. Welcome, guys. The legs are shaved and ready, so thank you for the kind introduction. Love it. And our second co-host, uh, well, he was very excited that his uh, Newcastle Knights got it up over the roosters. In fact, he stayed up all night eating 64 slices of American cheese. He is the admin of the Simpsons-related NRL memes page, comedian and entertainer Ben Rolfe. Welcome. Hoi, hoi, lads. And yes, I was very glad to get that one wrong. The night's getting up. I love being proven wrong. I know, I know the, the listeners can't actually see you, but the Knights Premier's facial tattoo, 2022, mate. That's a bold, um, bold play early, but I respect your confidence. <laughs> Boys, uh, what a week of NRL. Lived up to the hype, electrifying, and I've got to say, probably the biggest amount of upsets in a round I think I can remember in recent memory. What do you guys, how'd you guys go in your tipping? Oh, I think I only got about uh, four or five. I can't remember exactly. I think, but this is good. Like this is what we've kind of been missing the last couple of seasons. Mm. Is you kind of felt like there was the haves and the have-nots after they changed the rules there a couple of years back, um, and it's kind of felt like uh, things. There's a bit more balance in the universe in the rugby league universe, and I'm enjoying. It. I, I actually really hope I struggle to pick um, games all season because that means the footy's really good and exciting to watch. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I think you went into every game, and and even though, you know, the game that we're most confident on was the Roosters game, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, and and that was the only one that all of us, I think, agreed on that the Newcastle Knights get flogged, and that was the one that turned, I guess, the round on its head. Um, But, yeah, every game was pretty close. I think it is one of those those years where I don't think we know who the top side's going to be. There's been so much change. I think it's going to take maybe two, three even halfway through the season to work out who the consistent sides are going to be this year. Absolutely. And speaking of consistent sides, Manly consistently bad against those top four uh, teams. And Parco, I know you didn't let the restraining order Tom Troy has against you uh, stop you from getting down to the opening match. How was it? What did you find out? Yeah, look, it was a bit bit tough to get there. Obviously working at a school during the week. I had to fly down late Thursday afternoon and got there just in time for kickoff. Um, I was actually invited down by Ivan Cleary, which I thought was a a great initiative from him. And when I got there, it was a bit weird, guys. No one was really talking to me. They kind of, I'd look them in the eye and say, hey, g'day, Ivan, how are you? Kind of look down and I get a few nervous glances and I was independent of the change room. They had in big, bold letters, silence, duh, haters. <laughs> now, you know, duh, meaning the. Yeah. Um, and then as Jerome Luai walked out, he was actually listening to our podcast where I told them <laughs> that the Panthers missed the eight. So I believe I was flying there for motivation. Look, we're all good guys. Um, Brian Toto and I had a, had a beer after the game. We're all sweet. But, um, yes, I think we've motivated the Panthers, and that's probably the reason why they got that win. So they wanted to thank us personally. I thought getting naked and throwing your clothes at Tom and uh, calling him a loser was a little bit over the line. But uh, nonetheless, I can't uh, stop uh, you from enjoying a few beers in the Penrith dressing room. Now, speaking of uh, overreactions, uh, Parker, you called it, I think, episode one, episode two, that you thought Penrith were going to be on a massive slide down the ladder. Holy mackerel. That was probably one of the most electrifying performances from a 
team defending a premiership. I've seen in recent time Sean O'Sullivan slotting right into that side. I would say a massive overreaction, saying that they would miss the eight completely on your part. But <laughs> we, we are early. Mate, what, what, what was an overreaction, you think, for round one? For me, um, look, it's only one round, uh, but Tom Trevojevic is Ben Barber 2.0. <laughs> So if we take our take our minds back to five, six, seven years ago, Ben Barber burst on the scene, was untouchable, went through to the Dally M. Everyone was saying he's the greatest player in the game. What happened the year after? He did absolutely nothing. And I look, I'm I'm obviously tongue in cheek, but for me, Penrith knew exactly what they're doing with Tom Turbo. Melbourne did the same thing at the, in the final series last year. So. He's not going to find it as easy as he did. Um, obviously, a champion player will, will work it out and he'll have good games. But if I'm overreacting, Tommy Turbo is in for a long year. <laughs> ben, how do you overreact this week? Oh, I'm definitely saying nice for the premiership now. Um, <laughs> forget the fact that I'm pretty sure, I think it was 2015 or 16, that Knights were leading um, after round one on the ladder and went on to win the wooden spoon. That was one of like, their only three wins of the season so history be damned um, I'm going ahead and saying um, Knights can go all the way now Kalen Ponga had a good game but not a great game wait till he clicks into gear and um, bring on the Panthers isn't it great particularly for the Knights and I think the biggest thing and we talked about you know Kalen Ponga being a like the Knights being a bit of a one man team but it's got to give them confidence that their best player on the field was not Kalen Ponga I mean there were other guys that stood up I thought Kalen Ponga was okay without being great and they still played particularly well. So for me, that's a really good sign for Newcastle when they're winning games and their $1.5 million man isn't the best player out there. Yeah, I, that was that was what impressed me the most is I still can't pick a player of the match. Mm. There was mm. probably half those guys on that field that played really well. I A gay guy um, looks like he's enjoying being back at yeah. the Knights. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't mind the look at Dominic Young. I think he's going to... Um, growing stature, he's already a big boy, but I think he's going to grow in confidence uh, as the season goes on. There's a great little uh, put down he, um, for his try late on. He also um, stopped Tupo one on one. Tupo almost scored in the corner late in the game as well. Um, I can't wait to see him um, golf and do better things late in the year. Yeah, I really like Dane Gay, uh, Gay Guy in Newcastle, and you're right, he really looks like he's enjoying being back up there. Parker, I'll go to you first. Uh, what did you like? And is it the Broncos winning their first match in uh, God knows how long? Yeah, and I love the fact that the Broncos are on top of the ladder and it's not just alphabetically. (laughs) I think that's a really positive sign for the year going ahead. But to me, as a Brisbane fan, I just love the way they defended. I don't – you know, it was was really funny, boys. After that game, my lovely sister-in-law, who renamed nameless, um, made the comment that the Broncos weren't good, that the Rabbitohs were bad. Mm. Now – as much as I love her, I completely disagree with that statement because I thought the Broncos actually caused South to play poorly. I thought the defence, the pressure they put on defence was outstanding. That's what you want to see. That's what sides are built on. And they're only going to get better. I mean, the polish is going to come when Adam Reynolds plays. Um, he's the guy that's going to put points on the board because there were a couple of tries that probably went begging. Um, they didn't convert it. And wasn't it just a, a really interesting comparison that South really struggled to score points? And they've actually got rid of Adam Reynolds. So, mm. for me, it, it's really quite polarising where the Broncos are getting Adam Reynolds back. And I think he'll fix some of those attacking options. Whereas South just had nowhere to go. And there's no real answer for that for that question. Obviously, Latrell Mitchell coming back will help. But, yeah, I think the Broncos, I think this is what we've been crying out for for a while. No one's expecting them to win the premiership this year. But to show effort, to show heart. And I thought it was an outstanding round one performance. So, for me, that's the biggest highlight. 
and, and Cobo as well. He's going to be an electric fullback once he starts growing and maturing as a first-grade player. Uh, could have easily put a couple of tries down against the, um, against the Rabbitohs that night. Ben, what did you like from round one? Um, obviously, it, it looks like the Panthers are still the benchmark. I mean, to go out there without their best player and play the way they did, look like they haven't missed a beat uh, from last season. And um, well, everyone was talking about maybe them sliding down the ladder a little bit. Uh, some of the other teams catching up with them and geez uh, they've got to be back to favourites for the Premiership again going to back to back after that performance absolutely got to be up there uh, my favourite uh, moment of round one has got to be the glorious moment our captain of the Broncos kicked that field goal uh, went back to Azarko from a poor pass from dummy half. And I mean, it was just fitting that in front of Suncorp, uh, a big Suncorp crowd, uh, we got a win over the uh, grand finals from last year. Cody Catewell slipping it uh, between the goalposts and uh, really made for a, uh, a good win and much needed win for Broncos fans. Uh, now, players of the round, there's a few of them. And I do believe that uh, we've got a little bit of a new segment on the podcast. A couple of trophies to give out today. Yes, we're going to have. Um, there's been a little bit of a trend in the NRL in the last few years, is the terrible haircuts that the NRL players get. It's it's an epidemic of sorts. <laughs> you thought we saw all COVID, we can't get through haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> nah. So we're going to start giving out an award for one of the terrible haircuts of one of the NRL players each round, and that will be known as the Don Mattingly Sideburns Award uh, from the Simpsons. It is also part of the trend of those pl- players um, with terrible haircuts. A lot of the time, they are missing their sideburns. Yeah, shave those um, sideburns. Uh, this week, uh, the terrible haircut I want to point out was uh, Jack Bird. Looks like he's kind of got the bu- the bowl-shaped cut cut around at the top there, but he's just left himself a rat tail mess there at the back. Not really quite sure what's going on there it's almost like he walked out of the haircut with an emergency like he said look i've got to go we'll finish this later and then never actually came back to finish off what they started in the in the hairdresser's chair awful yeah <laughs> uh, the another award we we're um going to look bring in was um the pulling a homer um to succeed um despite idiocy <laughs> and um i've got to bring up that uh try from the eels um mitch moses is the winner this week um the kick that led to the Eels' second try, um, that kick should have definitely gone dead. Um, but it hits the hits the post, bounced back, and Eels go and score their second try, which, in the end, prop actually kind of made, maybe made a difference to the result of the game. There was not much in between mm. them towards the end. Yeah, probably better for the Titans. Like in terms of, you know, you talk about Parramatta, and, and everyone probably had Parramatta picked as their favourite for the year. And you know, like I think we mentioned last week, Gold Coast, like not expect to make the eight. I think we have to, you know, if you're a Gold Coast supporter, you're expecting them to make make the finals each year while David Fitt is there. So, you know, they gave it to, to Parramatta for a, a large chunk of that game. Um, so it's very good for their season going forward. Didn't get the result, but geez, that was a, a lucky try. Like that, that could end up so badly for Parramatta and everything just kind of went right for them. So deserved award winners. One thing that I really enjoyed was, um, I think this was the um, one good game of the year f- uh, for Luke Brooks, and uh, he still <laughs> didn't get the win. <laughs> he's gone yeah, and burnt through that one good game, and he's got that out of out of his pocket. Already. Look, I spoke to Luke. Um, look, he's not happy with the amount of pressure I've put on him. He's, he'll do better this weekend. Look, I just um, I gave him a bit of a cuddle. Um, 
through the through the computer. I hugged the computer screen. We FaceTimed. Look, he'll be better, boys. He's he's apologised and just watch him to start hitting his straps this round. Yeah, Lucky Parker's got that custom calendar of Luke Brooks in all those poses for every month of the year. Keeps him warm at night. His face is disappointed in every single one of them. <laughs> Which month is he naked in the shower crying? <laughs> uh, that would be January through June. Oh, Parker's a man with taste. Now, forget the Dally M's. We've got a bigger award that we're going to build towards uh, the end of the year. Parker, do you want to explain it in more detail? Yeah, well, Ben, um, We've, we've come up with a bit of an idea. Like every every kind of podcast or every TV show you have, obviously there's the Dally M Award, where there's a three, two, one's given. And Ben, I'm going to hand this over to you. The award for our best and fairest is the... Yes, it's the Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Yes, and, and so what we're going to do each week, we're going to nominate our three, two, ones, and then we will send them um, a gift card for best and less <laughs> as the best uh, the best player of, of, of the season. So I'll kick it off, and I'm going to start with the lowest first. One point goes to a guy who's probably getting his first point for any kind of best and fairest award, and that's Jake Clifford from Newcastle. Um, a guy that I think, you know, no one really had high expectations of going into the year. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, he's left there. They need someone to step up. And I thought Jake Clifford was outstanding. Um, just in terms of effort plays, you know, that we talked about a, a few kicks that chased through. Um, I just thought he, he, he did lead from the front. I thought he did a really great job there. Two points is going to Isaiah Yo mm. in a side that was so dominant on Thursday night. It's, it's kind of hard for a prop to really stand out when there's so much other stuff kind of happening. I thought he was brilliant. Just the way he hit the line, he's got a bit of a passing game now. Again, you know, he's the best player in what was the best team of the round. But the other guy for the three points is going to Jerome Hughes. I just, I don't like the storm. I've made that very clear, but you cannot go past. He just gets better every single year. And I think he was a difference. The amount of players that went off, we talked about the injuries for Melbourne, Jeezy did well. He was unstoppable on Saturday night, and he's deserved for me as the three points. What about you guys, Foxy? Three, two, ones. Yeah, I know these players are sitting by listening to these points. Uh, The salary cap restrictions, they're avidly waiting for these best and less uh, group certificates. Uh, Mate, my one point going to go to Sean O'Sullivan, slotting straight in, playing it beautifully uh, with the team. He's got the the right cattle around him. He he just uh, played it perfectly. Uh, So he's got my one point. For two points, I'll go Jack Whiten. I thought he was the uh, player of the the whole match uh, there with with Canberra. I thought he was in at lights, uh, tackling. He was great. I uh, got that try as well, and I think he's going to be really big for Canberra this year, and he needs to be, especially with the uh, halfback and hooker issues they sort of got around that spinal area. And my three points goes to the uh, great man, Kurt Capewell. He was just he led phenomenally for Brisbane. Uh, runs, tackling, uh, and, of course, that uh, glorious field goal, which I uh, had the cops called on me at my place for the screaming and cheering. They thought there was a brawl going on in my lounge room, but it was only me. So they're my uh, picks for today. Uh, um, first off, I want to throw in a couple of honourable mentions. Um, Billy Walters, who we uh, probably gave yeah. quite a <laughs> lot of stick to in the first couple <laughs> episodes. Um, he actually played all right. Yeah. I think there's still he still played better. I think his um, spot definitely is um, on the... Bench when um, when Reynolds comes back in, I think that's that's his uh, position in the team. But um, I'm going to give an honourable mention to Billy Walters there, um, and also to um, Toby Sexton um, from the Titans. I was really impressed with um, how he played. Um, but yeah, my one point, um, I also had Sean O'Sullivan. Thought that it is a really tough gig to come in and fill Nathan, Nathan Cleary's mm-hmm. shoes, and he did that very well. Um, two points to I'm going Albert Kelly. Oh. Um, 
I, I gave honourable mention Billy Walters, but that I think Albert Kelly played really well and probably cemented himself in that uh, house position with uh, Reynolds mm. going forward this season. So that not just for the team, but for him personally, that was a great performance. Mm-hmm. And three points, I can't go past you, right, Paco? He is Jerome Hughes. He's a player who I, when Melbourne first went to him in the halves, I had no idea what they're doing, and I made the classic mistake of questioning Bellamy. And <laughs> if we've been we've been all proven a thousand times wrong uh, by Craig Bellamy, he takes plays and turns them into something else. And that tried Jerome Hughes. Geez, that that was a great Irish jig that he was he put on to score that try late in the game. I absolutely enjoyed it. I'd love to see some dubstep with that and a little duck in a dark room. That was a great move. <laughs> and, and very and, and Jerome Hughes, from all reports, loves best and less knitted sportswear. So he will, you know, at the moment leading the charge. But it's anyone's award uh, for the season. Um, and yeah, just to Jerome Hughes, like I kind of, you know, clubs have thrown many, many dollars at, at him. I think the Warriors were throwing out million dollars. Mm. And at the time, I thought, oh, it's a bit, a bit wasted or you're just trying to, you know, grab as, uh, whoever you can. He would be a great signing for whatever club. Redcliffe, I don't know how long he signed at Mel- Melbourne for, but if you're starting a club, he is almost, I know we've got Nathan Cleary, but I would say he's probably hot on the heels of Nathan Cleary as the best halfback in the game at the moment. He he was just brilliant. Obviously, the Tigers, we're not expecting much from them this year, unless you're me who's put $1,000 on them. But, you know, like, to do it against anyone, but I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, and I think Jerome Hughes sniffing around uh, the open market to see what he can get. Uh, preference from what I'm hearing, he wants to stay at Melbourne, but he's not opposed to leaving should the right uh, amounts be put forward to him. Now, speaking of uh, big amounts, Jason Tomalola in the headlines. Look, the rumours were sort of floating around the start of the season that he was going to be out the back door of North Queensland. They're getting stronger. Uh, could we see uh, Jason Tomalolo out the door or the coach? Yeah, and look, I think uh, I know the, the headline on, on Monday was one or the other, and it was interesting. I know the Cowboys had a few changes leading up to that, um, that match against the Bulldogs, and they kind of had to shuffle things around on the run, but... We've seen the same old thing from last year. I think he only played 54 minutes. I think he again played at prop where he's a much better or much more damaging when he's in the lock position. You know, this is a guy who's on a a 10-year deal and at the time it was probably the first of its kind, you know, $10 million for 10 years. It looked really good at the start. And I I don't think the best is is behind Jason Tamalolo in any stretch of the imagination, but I just don't think he's been used correctly. So, you know, I think they need to change up what they're doing. Otherwise, he's just not, not... returning an investment, but not because of him, but because of how he's been used. So I think it's, it's you know, building towards a bit of a messy divorce and I think watch this space, but the drums are definitely beating louder. I think Todd Payton did all he could leading up to that game to kind of quiet a bit of that and say that everything's fine and that they've got plans in place to use him differently. Well, we're still waiting to see it because mm. it wasn't there um, on Sunday and, you know, they need him to be at his best and, and put him in a position to to do that damaging stuff that we know he's capable of. Um, if they're not using him correctly, they need to get money, yeah, spent elsewhere. Yeah, I don't understand, I don't understand um, hearing this because it seems to be coming from the Cowboys' point of view, not Tamalolo's. The Cowboys have 99 problems, but Tamalolo ain't one. <laughs> um, like, for me, Tamalolo is the one to gain everything from from a split. Mm. Um, I mean, if he's playing for a team like Storm, who they're going to have a bit of cash to spend on um, some forwards come next year because half their team's going to go play for Redcliffe. I mean, you have Jason Tamalolo playing for Melbourne Storm. I mean, 
you're starting to talk about him as like some of the top forwards in probably the last 30, 40 years. Mm. Um, mm. But because he's played with uh, Cowboys and he got that um, premiership very early in his career, and unfortunately for him, not too much else has happened for him in NRL. All his um, accolades really have been um, with Tonga, which nothing is about. He's done some amazing things with the Tongan team. But if he goes to another club and goes gets another premiership or two late in his career, that really changes how he's going to be remembered as a player um, in the future. And it's almost like when Peyton got there, it's like the great Christmas present in Jason Taumalolo and then forgot that he needed batteries to actually make it work because, you know, the guy's there, the guy's got ability, mm. but he's actually not being used correctly. And, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. And is Peyton the man to solve? He's only been there a year. Um, I know he was probably given the job because of the success he had with that Warriors side um, under, you know, pretty um, obscure circumstance with COVID. Can he actually coach? And I don't know. I mean, the Cowboys aren't – they did nothing on Sunday. That was an embarrassing effort. But surely Jason Tamalai can play better and, and do more things than what he has been. Some of Peyton's decisions are going to be called into question too. I mean, you've got some of the – like throwing the, the – sink at Chad Townsend for starters wasn't the first sign of a coach who really seems promising and the fact he keeps doing what he's doing with Tamalolo constantly uh, over the last couple of seasons I mean I don't know I, th- I think something's going to happen whether it be Tamalolo going or, or Peyton going I think it'll probably be as Ben was saying better for Tamalolo if you can get the Cowboys paying half that fee in a club coming in and picking up at a decent price that they can fit him under the cap it's it's only a good good thing for Jason Tomololo moving forward and as you guys were saying uh, winning a couple of premierships before he, he retires uh, and speaking of the storm I think Ben was alluding to going down there with uh, having sp- space for forwards Tarek Sims agreeing to 2023 down there but will he leave earlier? Boys, what do you think? Oh, Parker, I'll start with you. Oh, so he's agreed today, has he? He's, he's agreed, apparently. In 2023, it's going to happen. But there are questions about whether he's going to go sooner. Jeez, breaking news. You can tell I'm all over it. <laughs> Look, the, the Storm get a, a, a pretty good boy in Tariq Sims, and I, I think they will probably negotiate something where he will go down there this year, particularly with the injury crisis hit in Melbourne. A pretty astute purchase. I actually thought he was just injured. I thought he was only left out of the side due to injury, but I think there's probably more to the more to the conversation than what's going on. And, and I, I just think if, you know, if he's not in the plans for the Dragons this year, then what, what's the point of, of keeping him around? I think it's it's only good for both parties if he if he moves on. So I'm sure they'll be able to negotiate. And I'd like to see Melbourne maybe lend a player or maybe do a player transfer to make it happen. Um, maybe Jerome Hughes will play for the Dragons this year. Great trade. Uh, I think Tariq Sims is the kind of, the real mould like of a Bellamy player. I think he's going to go really well down in Melbourne. Um, just kind of no nonsense kind of player. Um, keeps his, himself fairly clean. Although the Melbourne haven't been as clean in the last probably uh, twelve months as they have been in the past. But generally, you can't you don't see too many things coming out of Melbourne uh, scandal wise. And uh, Tariq Sims has always been a very um, good player off the field as well as as well as on it. Um, I think he's. And that's really what's going to um, going to hurt Melbourne uh, next year when they lose some of those forwards is just that experience and to just guide the younger players because there's no question that Bellamy can take young players, bring them into the Melbourne system and make them play well. But what he also needs is some experienced heads to help guide mm. them on the field. And I, 
I think it's going to be great for Melbourne having Tariq Sims down there. Uh, while we're on the uh, topic of Melbourne, let's get into round two. Round one, if that was anything to go by, we could see a bunch of upsets, including this one, to kick us off Thursday night footy, Melbourne Storm, South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, probably the biggest in for the Rabbitohs would have to be Latrell Mitchell. And, uh, boy, Brandon Smith uh, with that wrist injury, the, you've got a you've got a lot of depth when you've got Harry Grant coming in uh, to fill that void. So I mean, pretty evenly matched. Do you think uh, Latrell will make a difference? Do you think Harry Grant will make a difference? Uh, ben, I'll start with you. How do you see this one playing out? I, well, it's down in down in Melbourne, so I'm going to go with the home team. Um, also, there's a couple names there that I'm not sure if they're being named so far, but you got uh, Wishart. Um, Wishart played all right on the on the weekend. Um, from all reports, um, we're going to be hearing his name a lot more uh, by the end of the season. Um, apparently, he's an absolute gun, and I don't know if you boys remember watching his dad play. Mm. I do. I did enjoy watching his uh, dad play for New South Wales back in the day. Um, and also, the Rabbits. They're, 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 I think they're still trying to find who they are as a team now with uh, no, uh, with new coach and kind of new house pairing. They're still going to take a few weeks away to kind of find who they are now in this uh, new season. So I think the Storm down at home are going to be too strong. It's um, it's an interesting one. I almost felt sorry for Melbourne after the weekend. And I thought, <laughs> oh, how are they going to go this week? And then I look at the team list and Harry Grant's back in, Cameron Munster's back in. So, I mean, they're, they're bringing some pretty decent players mm. back in the fold. But for me, the pressure's on South Sydney. Like, I don't know if the Brisbane Broncos beating the Rabbitohs was that much of an upset from round one. Um, I don't think Souths are going to be anywhere near as good as they were last year. But this will be the game that tells us this is quality opposition. I think Melbourne, I think it's Craig Bellamy's some 400th or there's some statistic on. Yeah, there's a there's a milestone game for, for Cameron Munster and, and Craig Bellamy. And generally when those occasions come up, Melbourne do get up for them. They do a pretty big, big deal about it. So, look, I, I think Melbourne will probably get it, but... I'm going to go with the Rabbitohs. I think Latrell Mitchell, I think it's like a caged animal and they've been singing off key. And once they open that cage door, he's going to rip in, have a great game, be suspended for the next eight weeks. Yeah, say, and he'll get them over the line this weekend. I was going to say, out. playing with too much passion, uh, I look. I think the Storm are going to win and, and win well. I don't think it's going to be close. Although I said that uh, with the Broncos, but nonetheless, we'll move on. Uh, the second game, or oh, sorry, the first game on Friday, Dragons, Panthers. Uh, Parco, how do you see this one playing out? A really interesting round for me. Again, the Dragons is probably everyone's smoky to make the top eight this year. I thought they were solid without being outstanding um, against the Warriors. I think the Warriors will probably take a little while to, to come together. But they get a chance to actually show whether they are serious contenders for a top eight spot, obviously going up against Penrith. Look, I actually really like the Dragons. Um, I think they will be up for this game. I still don't think Penrith... I think Manly were poor. Um, I know, you know, I was angry about the... The Broncos been not great and Manly's been not, you know, like that whole um, situation earlier. But I really think that the Dragons will get there. I think it'll be the upset of the round. I'm going Dragons. I, I agree with you about the Dragons in the uh, round one game. I, I had down in my notes, um, good but not great. The, the game kind of, they you never, always felt like they were going to win that game, but they never, they never took it out of gear. So this week's going to be really interesting to see how they, because even though, the Panthers are the team to beat this year, so our team's going to kind of try and bring their A game. They're going to try and rise to that challenge, and it's going to see if the Dragons can do that. I mainly didn't do it really last week, but 
we're kind of going to see what the Dragons are made of this week. I still think the Panthers are going to get up and get up quite easily. I still think they're probably going to win by a good 16 or so points, but I'm curious to see how the Dragons go with that. It's a it's an interesting one for mine. I mean, I take a look at the Dragons side, and I think they're a solid football team who can make the eight. But then I, I look at them against a team like Panthers, who aren't the defending premiers. They were electric last week. I'm not going to mince words. That they, they were so good. They shut everything down. They were, to be honest, it's lucky the Panthers didn't have 40 nil on Manly in round one. Uh, it was only a couple of decisions not going their way. I think the Panthers are electric. Luai, Toho, um, Dylan Edwards, Isaiah, yeah. I mean, I feel like kick out two coming in. I, I just look at the Panthers and just see electricity, but I don't see that with the Dragons. I just see a solid fo- footy team. I think I think it's definitely going to be a test for them to see where they're at on the gauge, but uh, I think Panthers and, and, and Panthers easy. This one's going to be an interesting one on on Friday, the second match uh, at the Sydney Cricket Ground, Sydney Roosters, Manly Sea Eagles. Uh, ben, I'll start with you. Are you liking what you're seeing with the uh, Roosters? I mean, both these teams backing up from a loss. Uh, Roosters will probably be going in as favourites. How do you see this one playing out? I'm sticking with the Roosters as favourites. like... I really don't think they're going to be happy with their performance from last week. Um, so I really think they're probably going to get an absolute surf from the coach after last week. Um, and they are at home. Uh, I, think, I think they're going to win, but this game is probably going to be the my pick of a game this, this round. might not be the flashiest game, might not be the prettiest game, but for me, it's uh, probably the hardest one to pick. Mm. I, I could go either way. Um, Kind of, we'll see how the uh, halves go with um, their kicking game, trying to shut down Jabojevic. Um Panthers did that very well last week, so it'll be interesting to see if they um, took their took the lessons and wrote them down and can apply it in the game. But um, I'm going to go with Roosters, but I'm really not confident. Yeah, look, I, I agree. You don't often see the Roosters uh, doing back to back losses, and on a still line, a friend of the show, Paul Kent, was saying it's you know it's a bit hard to, to be under pressure early, but mm. I really feel that's the case. You got two sides that I guess have promised so much, and, and in round one delivered so little. I thought Manly were very very poor. Um, I think the occasion probably got the better of them, and I you know out of two losers, I thought they were the, they lost the most. Um, they were the bigger loser. Um, not on that weight loss show. So for me, I think it's going to be the Roosters. I think the Roosters will win by win by a fairly big margin. And I think you're going to start seeing what we saw last year with pressure starting to build on, on Des Hasler. Um, Josh Schuster, for me, is a really big out. Mm. And he won't be back for at least the next two, three rounds. I'm probably not going to tip Manly until he's back. Uh, I think they're going to start slow. I think they're going to lose this. And the Roosters, will, they'll play the Roosters back into form. Do you think there's a major problem with too much expectation and not enough talent? So, I mean, like, I think, what was it? Kieran Foran, I think he's only played something like 13 games or something over the last few years in, in first grade due to injuries. Uh, he seems to be struggling. He looked like he was out on his feet early uh, last week against the Panthers. Do you think it's a case that there's way too much pressure on Tom to deliver and not enough happening with the halves. I mean, even Daily Cherry Evans looked like he was a, he was pushing it last week. I think, yeah, I just think sometimes, and, you know, Caelan Pong is probably a classic example. When you do have that one-star player, everything was going through him and no one took that pressure off. So if you shut down Tom Dravojevic, you're basically shutting down Manly. And I think that's what, you know, like we said before, like Manly, uh, Melbourne did that to them last year. Penrith did that round one. I think every team would have watched that Penrith-Manly game and said, this is how we stop Manly. Cherry Evans, I mean, he like 
he, he is a star on, on his day, and I'm sure he'll be better than he was round one. But I think they need to adjust and probably put Trevojevic in a few different situations to kind of combat everyone targeting, targeting him. And I think it's going to take a couple of rounds to figure out. So, look, foreign, I don't think, you know, we're not expecting too much. Um, he's got about half a shoulder left after, you know, about 15 surgeries on it. So we can't expect him to carry carry the team, let alone carry his backpack off the field. So, you know, like there is pressure on a, on a 30-year-old to, to do a lot. But, yeah, manly, it's going to take some time. And they might even be the worst, you know, the side that drops the most. This is huge. Massive overreactions. Are you um, – there was something you slipped in there which uh, I caught my attention. Are you suggesting Desi's in, in a bit of trouble? Well, I don't know. I think some clubs – I think there's certain clubs who need to be coached by an old boy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think – Are you calling Bro- a coup de grace by um, Jeff Toovey? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Toovey is investigating <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> he is knocking on the door. Um Jeff Toovey and Steve Menzies have put a joint coaching bid in. Oh, good. Uh, round five, they'll take over. But look, I think Des Hasler probably has – I don't think he's he's ever really in question for what he's done for the club of Manly. He, he brought them back when they were an absolute laughing stock. So he's got a, a fair bit of goodwill there and, and had a successful year last year. But, you know, if they, if they lose three, four to open the season, which of Ovojevic is the side, the pressure's going to build. And I just, I just don't see them bouncing back. They were just awful against Penrith. And I think the Roosters – I think were a lot better than what they showed. I know there's a lot of trial form. They said that many players haven't played this year yet. None of them featured the trials. So they'll be better for that round one loss. And I just think they'll bounce back a lot better than Manly. Speaking of trial matches, I guess a couple of them would be better than our next one. Kicking off uh, Super Saturday, Gold Coast versus the Warriors. Nothing particular excites me about this one. Although with Sean Johnson out for injury... And Ashley Taylor getting a chance to come in. Uh, Matt Lodge back into the side as well. Uh, how do you guys see this one playing out? Do you think Ashley Taylor is going to make a difference for the Warriors? Ben, I'll start with you. Um, no, I, th- I think he... Um, if we want anything from Ashley Taylor at the Titans, is he doesn't perform under <laughs> uh, pressure. And um, no. I think he's going to put him... I feel like he's going to put himself under too much pressure of playing under his old club. So I'm not expecting too much from Ashley Taylor, which... Um, if we've learned anything from my tipping so far um, in the last previous two episodes, it means that Ash Taylor is going to be getting three points from me next week. Um, but I, I, I think the Warriors are going to struggle. Um, and I really did like a bit of what I saw from the Titans last week. I, I did say uh, that I was happy to see them giving the young guys a bit of a run this season. And what's going to be costing them this year from possibly making the eight is losing games like last week where they... We're in the hunt, and maybe having Foggy for one more season was would have been good for them to win those kind of games. But in, t- uh, say, two, three years down the track, um, we could be talking about the Titans being uh, premiership contenders if these young guys can stay together. I th- I think Titans are going to get up here, and I think it's going to be a good game for them. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what the young boys can do. I like the look at Sex, and I like the look um, of the fullback. Um, Preston Campbell, Preston Campbell, so I, I think they're going to go well. Yeah, well, I think I think it's going to be Titans, and I reckon thirteen plus. Yeah, um, Ash Taylor is a bit like a you know like a grey t-shirt. You need one in your cupboard, but it doesn't really get you any comments in the fashion stakes. <laughs> like he's you know like it's he's there, but he's not going to do anything of, of importance. 
Sean Johnson being out, if Sean Johnson was in, I'd probably maybe even say a close game and maybe even lean towards maybe the Warriors. But but I think AJ Brimson's back. I think we've all said that he's going to have a much better year uh, this year. And I think the Titans will win. And I think this will be the biggest margin of the weekend. Titans, huge. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see them putting on some points and it goes to Ben's point as well. They've got a good young bunch of people there. I think they can definitely wallop the uh, Warriors um, all the way back to New Zealand. Uh, the next game on Super Saturday, and boy, this one's going to be a cracker. Parramatta taking on the Sharks. Both teams I'm liking. As I said, I think uh, episode one or two, I think Param- I think it was episode two, actually. Parramatta, I'm liking them to go on and do it this year. The Sharks, I was a little bit disappointed with. I think Parramatta are going to win this one again. Again. But uh, Cameron McGuinness coming in for Cronulla and Tom Opacek uh, in for Parramatta as well. Nathan Brown, Mitch Rain. Uh, Parker, I'll start with you. How, how are you feeling about this one? You're really funny, mate. Round one, you told us the Sharks would win the Premiership. Round two, it's <laughs> Parramatta. I cannot wait to hear round three who the Premiership favourites are <laughs> in the flip-flop mind that is Foxy. Look, the Sharks, I think it's going to take them time to gel and, and get things together. They, that probably should have been a win that they had against Canberra. I think they were the favourites. I think they were rightly so, favourites. And, yeah, Nico Hines was great. Um, I, th- I thought he did his job superbly. But just probably for me, I think it's going to take them a while to kind of come together as a team. And, and Parramatta, these are the games they need to win. Um, I thought they probably were, were pressured a lot more than they thought what they would have against the Gold Coast. But I think the class that they showed – just proves that they are in that top four, that top four certainty spot this year. So I would say Parramatta for me, and I think it's yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. But I think Parramatta will get there. Yeah, they're, they're two teams that I think are better off for the run last week. Um, both of them looked a bit hot and cold. I, I'm picking the Eels in this game, but I think both are going to play a lot better than they did last week. I think the uh, Eels will kind of look back and go, well, well our defence was not that great in that game. What can we do about that? Um, the Sharks will be better for each game that they kind of play with each other. I think they're kind of building. You're going to start to see them come home with a wet sail, maybe, hopefully, um, in the back end of the season. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks put up a real good fight. And, but I still think the Eels will get there uh, early on. If they're playing this game in a month's time, it could be a real different result. Mm-hmm. But round two, I'm going with the Eels here. Uh, this one's going to be an interesting one. Look, I think the Raiders are going to to put it on. Ricky Stewart, I think, will get them fired up. But, uh, Paco, I'll start with you. We know Raiders have got those halfback issues when they play the Cowboys. But Matt Frawley, he was a guy that, uh, when he burst on for the Bulldogs a couple of years ago, as we like to mention on this podcast, the uh, media overhyping players, uh, he was hyped up as some the next big thing in, in rugby league. He sort of just faded off. Uh, into obscurity, I'll, I'll just say it outright. Uh, do you think there's Matt Frawley's chance to, to step up? Do you think he will? Oh, mate, he's going to play Origin this year, Matt Frawley. <laughs> you watch this face. No, look, I, I think Matt Frawley's going to do a job. Um, I think they've probably gone with Schneider um, more for his dad's fame than, than his own, but I think they've gone with youth, and that's probably why Matt Frawley hasn't got the spot. I think they're just probably going to try to blood you know, a young halfback going forward, but for me, it's, it's not really about the Raiders. It's more about the Cowboys. Like, you look at they scored four points against mm. the team that got the wooden spoon last year. And, and I know you don't want to panic and make mass changes, but they've put Tamalolo at lock. Well, that's a good good sign. But Drinkwater, he's a guy who can, yes, cannot defend, um, but he, he adds points. And I don't know why they haven't, haven't put him in the side. So I just think the Cowboys, like, a lot of people have picked them for wooden spoon, and they're just 
kind mm. of speaking up to that. So I hope they prove me wrong, but I think Canberra will go two in a row. Yeah, that Cowboys-Bulldogs game, that, I mean, I woke up uh, on Monday <laughs> afternoon and it was like 24 hours later. I, that, that game absolutely put me to yeah. leave that <laughs> yeah. Bulldogs-Cowboys game. Um, and, like, I was real, I was kind of looking, going to this season, thinking Cowboys are going to be near the bottom end. I really feel like that was probably the one thing I've got right about um, the footy season so far is that was not a great performance last week. And looking at the play, some of the players they've got, I I can't see them going much further. Um, mm. I agree with you about uh, drink water. I, that's on the that's the job for the forwards. Uh, if if you've got a player that can add points in your halves and is a dynamic kind of player. You need to put him in um, some good defending forwards in that defensive line to try and um, stop that happening. Um, so if they, they need to fix up the defensive line to try and keep him in the side, I, I don't know why you're trying to drop drink water. So we'll see. But I'm, I'm going Raiders. Uh, I, I like uh, Nickel Fox. Had looked all right last week, and um, he's going to have to keep playing well to keep um, Savage out of the side. So we'll see what happens there. Speaking of seeing what happens Sunday, this one hopefully Ben doesn't put you to sleep. The Knights. In second spot, coming up against the West Tigers. Uh, Parko crying himself to sleep that they're in 13th. Uh, ben, I'll start with you. What are you liking about the Knights? Uh, do you think they're going to win this one? I'm going, yes, they're at home to the um, game at uh, McDonald's Jones Stadium. Um, they always play really well at uh, home. Um, expecting a real big crowd there. And again, if they can just... If all the players can have a good, solid game, that's what won it for them last week. One thing that does concern me, though, um, with the Knights is of the tries they scored uh, last week, two of those were um, from basically drop balls. One with um, the uh, kick and um, Teddy being um, under absolute tr- pressure, letting one bounce and um, dropping it and Knights scoring try. And the other one was uh, off a hit up and loose ball and uh, Knights scored again. So in 20 points and you're scoring two your tries off... Um, mistakes like that that does concern me a little bit but um knights and tigers i'm going knights at home oh i'm going different i'm going the tigers purely ooh, because they've ooh. got to restore the faith break up the friendship that I, <laughs> the, 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 the new friendship is already seeing cracks in it uh look i just think the, the tigers i think you know you made a really good point about the knights Probably it didn't get lucky because they were there. They put the pressure on to to pick up some of those loose balls and to kind of capitalise on those mistakes. But I actually thought the Tigers looked pretty decent against Melbourne, who who we know are, are a pretty good side. So I think the Tigers offered a lot. Um, it was a shame they didn't get that result because that would have been huge for their their season going forward. But I think they've just delayed it a week, and I think they'll, they'll get the chocolates this weekend over Newcastle. Ah, sorry, Luke Luke Brooks can't have two good games in a row. So <laughs> this is the moment that Luke Brooks stamps his mark on the NRL. <laughs> You've been saying oh, that for years, Paco. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and we wrap things up on a Sunday evening with a game that I'm looking forward to uh, purely because one of my co-workers goes for this side and I'm looking forward to absolutely giving it to him on Monday. Uh, Brisbane Broncos taking on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Tessie New coming in at fullback uh, with Jermaine Zarko on the way out. Uh, Tony Staggs, a little bit quiet last uh, week, I thought, on his side. But uh, Herbie Farmorf and uh, Selwyn Cobbo, uh, absolutely electric. Uh, Albert Kelly in at 5'8", and uh, Reynolds, the big one, coming back in. Parko, I'll start with you. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, are you liking Tessie New coming back? And do you think Reynolds is uh, going to help put that much-needed polish on a Brisbane Broncos side that needs it? Oh, 100%. I mean, the, the, the Broncos have been crying out 
for a guy like Adam Reynolds for at least the past two seasons and a guy that can just, I guess, game manage. They didn't have that on the weekend. Or they were very good. So they should be much better. But the one thing I do worry about is the weight of expectation. The last time, you know, we started talking about the Broncos in the press, they then faltered and left a steaming pile of you-know-what um, in on Parramatta Stadium. So, look, I think the Broncos should win. I think they're, they, they're deserved favourites going in. The Bulldogs scored six points. Um, against a pretty lacklustre Cowboys side. So, I mean, I'm going to predict the Broncos to win. I think it'll be a lot closer than what we think it's going to be. And, and you're talking about Selwyn Cobbo. He's going up against Josh Adokar. So it's a real test for him. It's going to be put up against one of the best, yeah, mm-hmm. one of the best wingers in the game. And, and, and that side for Brisbane, like you talked about Stags um, and Cobbo. Look, I'm looking at that kind of gelling a bit more. Um, but I think Adam Reynolds... I mean, the pressure's all on him. I think this is going to be a good game for Adam Reynolds to come back. Um, you know, a game that I guess the Broncos, I hate saying that they should win, but I think it's a game they must win if they're going to show that they've improved under Kevin Walters. Um, and, you know, Adam Reynolds, I mean, it's going to, time will tell, but I think he's going to be the star of this one. I think the Broncos will win. Um, since when did the Broncos play on a Sunday? Um, <laughs> I, Not I even the Channel 9 game then. Surely this is, surely this is a... Surely this is a Friday game. The Broncos don't play on any other day other than the, um, on a Friday. They're going to really struggle with a more than seven-day turnaround. <laughs> that I, the, you're right, the Bron- Parker, the Broncos kind of have to win this game. Um, but what I liked last week and also to last season, even though the Broncos were losing a, uh, quite a few games last season still, is, there seemed to be a bit of a change in mentality uh, from the Broncos. Um, and that's what what I liked and I think I think if we see that this week we kind of see them put their foot down and I mean but it's not going to take much of a foot to um, put the Bulldogs down I think after last week's performance <laughs> they won with a, um, a, a conversion against uh, the Cowboys hmm. um, but boy they've got some really good young players there in the uh, Broncos um, if, if I'm a Broncos supporter I'm I'm looking this going next like next year is is could be our season um, I mean testing you I, I'm Loving that he's back. Um, Selwyn Cobbo. Um, I, I had a mate call, call me and say, "Hey, what's um, who are you picking for a first try score?" And I had him down, and he almost got a try, and then he was disallowed. Mm. That was a, just a one foot off the sideline. Um, yeah, the Broncos should win this, and I'm picking Billy Walters on the bench. Yeah, Paco called it that I'd have a love-hate relationship with Billy Walters. It'd be a roller coaster all year. And so far, we're three podcasts in. I've hated. Now I'm in love with uh, what he's doing. So we'll see what he offers uh, come round two. Boys, lock of the week. It is something the fans look forward to. Uh, I get text messages and emails constantly uh, about uh, your guys' uh, picks. Uh, what do you reckon this week, Parco? I'll start with you. Your lock of the week. Look, the easy option would say the lock is going to be the Titans over the Warriors, but I'm going to show that much confidence. Tigers are a lock to beat Newcastle. Holy mackerel. Ooh. Lock it in. Put the pin code in. Go to sleep. The house is secure. Tigers. Ooh. Well, I'm, I'm having a look here. I'm going to go um, Titans to win the Warriors. I'm not going bold there, but to just make it a little bit more bolder, um, I'm going to go a um, hat trick to the fullback. I'm going to go, um, Jaden Campbell's going to score a hat trick for the Titans. That's going to be uh, my bolder pick 
um, but Titans over the Warriors. Locked in and loaded. My lock of the week gonna go Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I think Adam Reynolds is going to show the Broncos what they've been missing over the past couple of years, manage the game, uh, play it out, put a stack of points on. I think the Broncos are going to score a few in this match, and I think it's going to give them the confidence they need over this team and uh, show that they're not the easy beats anymore. I think it's going to send them on their way. So uh, Broncos to put uh, 36 over the Bulldogs. That's my lock of the week. Jeez, so specific. I like it. Yes. Uh, Before we go, I'll go to Parco quickly. Uh, What is your match of the round? What are you looking forward to the most? Match of the round? Like, I'd, oh, look, I think the match of the round is probably going to be the Roosters, the Eagles. Uh, it's got everything everything there for off. We've got two sides coming off a loss. I think both sides will be very disappointed with how they played in round one. I think everything to prove, and I think it just adds a lot of pressure onto that side going forward. So um, which side will live up to the, the expectation, I guess, it's on them this year. Roosters were a premiership favourite. Manly, everyone thought they'd go an extra step. So for me, match of the round. Um, is going to be that 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 game between those two teams. I'm going to go um, Eels Sharks. I think that's gonna, that could, has potential to be a really exciting game. I said I think both those teams um, probably felt like they were a bit sloppy uh, in different areas last week, and I think they're both going to be um, a lot better this week um, for having had those runs on the board. Yeah, really excited to see who Foxy puts the uh, kiss of death on as the Premiership <laughs> favourites next week. <laughs> Well, it's going to be someone uh, completely left to uh, centre, that's for sure. Uh, I agree with you, Parko. I think Roosters Manly going to be match of the rounds. I think there's a lot to look forward to, especially uh, both teams having something to prove. And uh, that trio just trying to click with uh, Tedesco, uh, uh, Sam Walker and uh, Luke Keary. Looking forward to seeing how that uh, plays out. But boys, we've come to an end for another week. Uh, happy punting. Hopefully we get a couple more rights this week. I'm on the bottom of my work competition with a two out of eight uh, I got this beautiful email on Monday morning saying you've tipped poorly you're a loser. If a change of pace just the you're a loser messages Foxy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those that come through regardless so I'm used to them. <laughs> Thanks hey, boys. Feedback is important mate. That's right.